in New Orleans. They call the rising sun, and it's been a ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I've won. And welcome to the show. Another tough week, BG. Vikings lose 27-26 to to the Seattle Seahawks um, to fall to 1-4 on the season now. Heading in uh, to, to a, an 0-5 Atlanta Falcons next week. Um, but BG, coming off the, off the loss, I mean, everyone's talking about Mike Zimmer and some of the decisions he made uh, throughout that game. I'm totally fine uh, and actually happy uh, with the way that Zimmer called that game. Uh, I think he called it from an aggressive mindset, a win at all costs sort of mindset. Uh, you know, we got nothing to lose going into that game, and we didn't have anything to lose. Uh, he won for it four times uh, on fourth down. He got three of them. Obviously, didn't get the last one that would have sealed the game for us. And you, you got to think that if it's 33 running that, not 25. Uh, that Cook sees that opening to the outside and cuts outside and walks into the end zone. And, and we're talking about, you know, 2-3 and three now heading into an 0-5 Atlanta Falcons team. That's a completely different story uh, than being 1-4. and four. But, you know, when it's all said and done, Zimmer put his team in a position to win many different times. And we had many different plays where if we get one more inch or one hand on the ball or just one better play, uh, we win that football game. And BG, it just came down to us not being able to execute on a few different plays, and that was that was all the difference. And that was a very fun game to watch as a Vikings fan for about 90% of the game. And the Vikings, I thought, played their best football of the season by far uh, for 90% of the game. Um, on defense especially, I thought we played phenomenally in the first half and parts of the second half. We played tremendous compared to what we played this season. Um, and our young defense had some really good bright spots. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Some really, really low spots in the game, too. But the Vikings, I thought, played really well going into Seattle, playing the at the time 4-0 Seahawks, one of the best teams in the league, the best quarterback in the league so far this season, and dominating them throughout the game. Um, the conversation surrounding the game now, like you said, is Mike Zimmer's decision uh, to go for it on fourth down late in the game, and I am 100% behind Zimmer and behind what you're saying with that decision. Um, I think we definitely should have gone for it. If we if we get half a yard there, if we get inches, the game is put away just like that, and no matter what Russell Wilson does, the game is over. And we've been running over the Seahawks the whole night, and we can't get a yard. I mean, it's not, it's not on Zimmer or the play callers on that play. I mean, the play was there, too, for Madison. It was wide open. Rudolph had a great block in the end zone. Irv Smith sealed the edge, and Madison just bounced it back inside where he had, if he would have uh, went to the outside, the Vikings would have no doubt scored a touchdown on that play. So it's not Zimmer's fault, but it's just mistakes that we make that are huge. And then Russell Wilson ultimately coming back, which, I knew when the Vikings got stopped, like, okay, the Seahawks are going to win this game. Like, there's no chance they don't go 94 yards and score a touchdown, which is kind of ridiculous to say, but 
it was winning the game right there on that run or losing the game on that run. And I, I'm, I'm with Zimmer um, and whoever else made that decision. I think we should have gone for it, and we definitely should have got that first down on that play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only decision I didn't agree with from Zim was, uh, and maybe this was more Kubiak than Zimmer, going for two uh, in the end of the third quarter. Um, because <clears throat> if you had gotten that point, assuming you make the extra point, and it's 21-20, instead of 21-19, and I really didn't even like the play call either. It was a draw to Kirk Cousins. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, the least athletic quarterback that the Vikings have had in a long time is going to run the ball, and it turned out exactly how you think it would is Kirk Cousins, you know, very hesitantly and cautiously going up to the line of scrimmage, like half-heartedly running, and then just doesn't even come close to scoring. Uh, and, and that ends up costing you big time because instead of – uh, having a field goal make it a nine-point game, a field goal at the end of the game only makes it an eight-point game. Obviously, we all know we're not going to stop Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter, and stopping him for a two-point conversion doesn't seem very likely either. So are you going to give him the ball on the 25-yard line with the clock stopped and a timeout and a minute and change left and just hope to stop them, or are you going to give your guys a chance to get six inches? And, you know, he did that. Zimmer did that. Kubiak did that. And, you know, it, it sucks because you look at it and there's that play, and if you just kick the extra point and you get up, you know, or you get down one point and then you, you kick a field goal and get up nine, then you're talking about a win too. And, and then there's the Dantzler fourth and ten when they're on, like, their own 30-yard line and Russ just throws it up in the air basically. And Cameron Dantzler looks like he's about to pick the ball off and end the game. And then all of a sudden he just keeps drifting and loses uh, track of DK Metcalf and then just inexplicably doesn't even play the ball and just lets DK have an easy first down on arguably the second or third biggest play of the game. I mean, that was a terrible mistake from, from a young corner in that situation. And maybe you, you argue that he shouldn't be put in that situation, that you have to have more help. Uh, from the safeties who were there for most of the night helping them. And it, the game plan for the Minnesota Vikings worked for 90, maybe 85 to 90% of that game. I mean, they controlled Russ for the entire first half. And other than really five minutes in the third quarter, uh, it, it, they kept him in check. I mean, if you take away those two turnovers and the, the three touchdowns in, in two minutes in the third quarter, it's a completely different ball game. And, and that's what's so frustrating to watch when you see this team go toe to toe with the one of, if not the best team in the NFL, and then simply shoot themselves in the foot time and time again until you lose the game. It sucks. Yeah, it's really frustrating. We outplayed him in every single aspect of the game for 95% of the game. And it's just crazy that we can rush for 200 yards, we can uh, control the ball like we did. I think we had 80-something plays and a remarkable number of first downs. I can't remember what it was. We held Seattle to 0-7 on third down attempts the whole game, um, and they went scoreless in the first half, and we still find a way to lose. It's just It makes sense for the Minnesota Vikings to do that. Um, one way or another, we, we always find a way uh, to screw things up when we have it in our power, in our control, um, and we control our own outcome. Yeah. Um, can you still hear me? Sorry. Yep. I still got you. But it, I mean, it's just two weeks in a row now that fourth and ten, and it just 
burns us. They, they convert on fourth and 10 last week in the Texans game. Kenny Stills got like a 30 yard touchdown in fourth and 10, which ultimately didn't end up mattering that much. But this week they get 39 yards on fourth and 10 against Dantzler, who earlier in the game probably should have, um, the, the Seahawks probably should have gotten another touchdown over him when they threw that deep ball. To, uh, I can't remember the receiver's name, not Metcalf or, um, not Lockett. Not Lockett. But Dantzler, again, just cannot track the ball on air. Mm-hmm. And it was a tough catch, and the guy didn't uh, put yep. it together. Yep. But it's, it's just scary <laughs> watching that, watching him in the second half of the secondary all by himself. He's a liability out there, and it's definitely not the reason we lost, but he sure did a good job contributing to it um, and letting that Seahawks drive happen. But, yeah, like you said, it's frustrating, and it's just another week of Vikings football. Yeah, and – what makes it even more frustrating is there's the the plays and the bright spots are so bright and you know the good plays from Dantzler and from Jeff Gladney and and even Kirk Cousins are so good, but then the bad plays are so bad and they're just fundamental breakdowns and, and defensive breakdowns and and Cousins just having complete mental lapses at times when you just cannot have that happen. Um, it, just too many of those mistakes to win the game. And, and Drew Samia on the offensive line, I mean. You heard it on the broadcast. Collinsworth was just railing on him all night. Uh, he was actually uh, run blocking pretty well, and they did touch on that towards the end uh, of the broadcast last night in the fourth quarter about his, some of his run blocks uh, when Madison was getting going there in the fourth quarter. But but the pass blocking from Drew Samia was just horrendous. I mean, I, I don't know what the plan is for next week. Hopefully Elfline is back and healthy and can play, but you cannot go into – next week with Drew Samia, unless the game plan is tank for Trevor, which, you know, we've talked about that. And I which should help good. this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. State of the Vikings is dismay. Uh, there's a lot of young talent on this team. I still think they're a good football team, but we're, we're one of those teams where we can beat anybody, and I think we have a chance against anybody, but we can also lose to anybody, and we could even lose to uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons this week. See. Yeah, um, I guess going back to what we started talking about, just seeing a lot of Minnesota fans and just sports analysts talking how Zimmer's on the hot seat and how he should be under fire for his play calling and whatever else uh, in, in the game last night. And I do not think that's the case whatsoever. I thought he called a really good game, um, both offensively and defensively, probably more so for Zimmer on the defensive side just controlling Russell Wilson for most of the game with those two deep safeties and taking the ball out of the Seahawks offense and the Vikings with the kind of battered up team that we have, no Daniel Hunter, Delvin cook out for the rest of the second half. Although Madison ran extremely well to go in Seattle and play like we did is definitely encouraging. You're right. We can beat anybody. And I think we've showed it too. We can lose to anybody. So it's just a roller coaster season where you really have no idea what's going to happen any given weekend. We could beat the, the Seahawks or we could lose to the Jets. So we'll see how we do against the winless Falcons team uh, this upcoming weekend. Yep, win, winless Falcons next week, then a bye week, and then the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, you're still looking down the road, and if you find a way to lose this game against the Atlanta Falcons, then you're thinking full tank mode. And if you're looking at Dalvin Cook now going into this next game with the minor growing injury being reported today. He's going to be day-to-day, and Mike Zimmer said uh, today in his press conference, 
they they don't know yet if he's going to play. My guess would be he won't, and they'll give him basically two weeks rest then going into that Packer game. Um, assuming we're going to win, I, I do think we'll win uh, the game against the Atlanta Falcons. I think we'll be pretty upset uh, coming off that loss to the Seahawks like that, the way in that fashion. I don't think Zimmer's going to have a very good attitude at practice this week. He's going to be pretty pissed off and get those guys fired up. Uh, and I expect them to play pretty well against Atlanta and get a win with or without Dalvin Cook. Um, but then it all comes down to uh, what happens against the Packers after the bye week because, I mean, that would really be the point. And if you can get to 4-4, four and four, or rather to 3-4, and four, rather than falling to, you know, say 2-5, and five, that would be a big difference. And especially this year, they're letting in an extra team in the playoffs. Isn't that right? There's one more wild card. I believe so. Yeah. So especially in a year like this when there's one more wild card, if you get to nine wins, you're almost guaranteed to get into the playoffs. I think it was eight or nine years ago the last time a nine-win team didn't get into the playoffs. So you still got an opportunity to get to nine wins. This still is a good football team. Uh, but, again, I'll say that with a grain of salt because it still could be uh, a really bad football team that goes 5-11. and 11. Um, Yeah. We'll see. BG, anything else Minnesota Vikings related here? We're going to do pick segment later this week. No Randy call in. Um, we don't want to hear his voice today, uh, especially <laughs> with the Packers not playing um, and the Vikings losing. So anything else Vikings related before we wrap this up? I'm just hoping that Cook and Daniil Hunter can get healed up and hopefully after the bye week, um, they bring them both back. I agree. I don't think there's really any reason for Cook to play if he's not 100%, especially with how Madison played against the Seahawks. So hopefully we have 100% Cook and 100% Hunter uh, for the second half of the season. Amen to that, brother. We'll be back next week, or later this week, actually, with a new episode and a pick segment um, for the next week of NFL and NCAA games. And BG will get us all caught up on the standings, who's in first, and uh, who's at the bottom of the barrel here as we get uh, closer to halfway through the football season. See you guys all in a week. And day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know it's a game I hate to lose I'm feeling strain Oh, ain't it a shame Oh, give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Won't you take me away Yeah Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you To carry me through Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away 
Give me the beat, boys, or free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. And when my mind is free, you know, melody. The guitar's coming through to soothe me Thanks for the joy that you've given me I want you to know that I believe in your song Oh yeah Rhythm and rhyme harmony You help me Free my soul, I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away, drift away. Don't, don't, don't. Give me the people, free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Don't you take me away?